I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, welcome to Nothing Impossible. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome in, Michael Calhoun. We'll hear from Carol Daniel coming up a little bit later in the show. Carol will talk with AT&T Missouri President John Sondag. They're going on a hiring spree in the state of Missouri. Some of those jobs include St. Louis and also another expansion of AT&T Fiber. This is that super fast internet. More St. Louis County suburbs are going to be getting access to that. So uh, her conversation, she'll find out uh, what exactly do you need this super fast internet for? That's one of her questions. And then also this week, it was the one year anniversary of the fulfillment centers that Amazon opened in the Metro East. Amazon, of course, just closed on their big acquisition of Whole Foods, the world's biggest retailer now, Amazon.com. So I talked with an Amazon spokesperson about what exactly they're doing in the Metro East and what might they be doing in Missouri with the new warehouses they're opening. And Joe Reagan, the president of the St. Louis Regional Chamber, they held their event recently and they also announced a new fund for startups in St. Louis. We'll find out what that's about. And also, the St. Louis Regional Chamber getting involved in the city-county merger discussion. We'll find out what that's about. All coming up on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. And let's hear Carol Daniels' interview with AT&T Missouri President John Sondag. And what is the good news? Well, the good news is that uh, we are going to be hiring... 300 people across the state of Missouri with 50 of those here in the greater St. Louis area. Uh, And these jobs are going to be across several of our segments. The ones here primarily are at our retail uh, uh, stores. Um, Well, you know, they'll be um, dealing with um, customers on all their communication and entertainment needs. And um, the other jobs that we've... um, that we have are also in our um, call centers that, that are also dealing with customers and, and sales on entertainment and communication. So uh, we're very excited about this. I think it's a reflection of you know, some of the growth uh, in our business um, and some of the new services that we've been offering. So uh, we're glad that um, you know, we can kind of contribute to the, uh, to the economy by adding some additional jobs. And uh, we've already... Uh, to date this year, um, we've hired about 230 people so far in 2017. So uh, this will be in addition to that. And so I, I love it that you mentioned um, uh, entertainment needs. Yes. So it's not just, you know, I get my phone and I call people. And it's, it's long not been just about that, has it? That's, that is so true, Carol, because we, you know, on uh, our business right now, it's really all about content and you know, people use their tablets and smartphones and computers for, you know, not only communicating and, you know, conducting business, but also they get their entertainment needs, whether they're, they're streaming their shows that they're watching uh, or downloading music. Um, you know, all of that, you know, is, falls into the entertainment level, and we're seeing more and more of that as a growing part of our business. 
And tell me, what is driving um, the growth? What has led to the need for, I mean, are you opening more stores, physical stores as well? Is that why you need more people? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, in response to the demand that we're seeing for our services. And you know, I think you know, we're, we're, we're gaining customers. I think customers are, are buying more. Uh, and in order for us to kind of handle that, whether that's at the retail stores where people are coming on on face-to-face are if they're communicating with our company through our call centers, uh, the demand and volume has, has gone up enough that we need to add people to handle the, those calls and, and the volume. And I know earlier in the year, and this, this might be national and Missouri may have nothing to do with it, but earlier in the year we had um, you know, some union contract issues. Mm-hmm. Is, is any of this related to that? Uh, not really. You know, the, the this earlier this year, you know, it was a cycle for our contracts to come up, and you know, we go through the normal negotiation process on a three and five year contracts, and you know, we were able to settle really all of those with our CWA partners, and so, um, you know, I think in anything keeping, um, I think harmony with your um, with your union workforce is always. It's better that you know there's less disruptions to the business, but um, you know what the announcements today really in the, the the new jobs and stuff really are not tied to anything that was in that contract. I think it truly is, you know, really a reflection of the demand for our, our products and services. And so, who uh, the, the jobs in Missouri? I mean, who, who's going to be the best candidate for these? So, um, you know, and, and, and most of these jobs uh, will be, um, you know, our bargain for our union jobs. Uh, those are all very high-paying, uh, good benefits. Um, and it's really, uh, we're looking for people that have, you know, great work ethic, people that uh, have the uh, interpersonal skills that, because they'll be dealing with our, our customers. They're our frontline people dealing with customers. So they need to, to understand, obviously, the services that we provide and the products, um, but I think more importantly, it's just having the, the skills to deal with people uh, and to address the needs that our, our customers have. Some of this demand, I think, is also being driven by the investments that we've been making in our network. And you know, in, in the state of Missouri, over the last three years, we've invested about $1.8 billion into our networks, and that's both on you know, more fiber as we get our, our, uh, our one gigabit service out and our, our wireless services and our entertainment so the investments are paying off by i think uh, enhancing and expanding the services we're offering and you know that demand i think is the is the really main reason why it's driving uh this need for more employees and i and let me explore that a little more too because we we did have a story earlier about um at&t fiber available uh expanding yes. to maryland heights and, and to saint, saint anne. anne yes uh-huh. t- talk to me about that yeah, so, you know, when we initially kicked off our service, it was about a year ago, it was in August, uh, our offerings in St. Louis, and we at the time had said, you know, we were rolling it out in three cities, parts of three cities, and we would continue to add to that, uh, you know, every other month or so, and we've been doing that. And those two locations today, um, in Maryland Heights and St. Anne, uh, it's just adding to... Um, you know, to that, you know, we've we've we have over a hundred thousand customers right now in the St. Louis area, uh, and that continues to grow. And I think the the investment, because it does take investment to build out and put that fiber to that customer's house and to the to the business. So those investments are paying off uh, by giving customers, I think, what they want. So 
I'm very enthusiastic. You know, we, we Carol, we said that, you know, this would be a multi-year phase. Uh, we can't build out everywhere all at once, but, you know, over the, the next three years or so, we'll continue to build that out to various communities on both sides of the uh, of the river in Illinois and Missouri, and I'm very excited about that to, to be able to continue to invest and to expand our service offering. What do you, I mean, because everybody would ask the question, like I would personally, when are you coming to my house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I get asked that a lot. Um, so I, I hate to say be patient, but um, it, it, things never go as fast as people would like. And uh, I kind of, you know, when, when we rolled out UVerse about 10 years ago, it was a multi-year build out. And, you know, one of the things we tried to do is, is uh, kind of build it in all areas of the metro so that, um, uh, you know, the, the, the entire region is being served. But um, you know, it, it'll just take time. If it's not there now, it, it, uh, I would just say be patient. We'll, we're, we're investing and building as fast as we can. Investing is another way of saying, you know, we're spending a lot of money. It's not inexpensive, That's, is it? No, it's not. It's a very expensive technology. Um, but um, I think when, when you look at the, the value that people get for it and, and what you can do with one gigabit of speed um, and combining that with getting you know, any type of content and entertainment, music, you name it, on any device, wherever you're at, I think that value uh, is, is really worth it. But it does take a lot of, of uh, build-out and a lot of investment in technology and in equipment to make that work. Because honestly, I'll be personal again, when I'm watching something on Netflix on my cell phone, I do not want that little circle to be in the middle of somebody's I, dialogue. <laughs> that's exactly right. But, you know, and, and when you think about it, you know, think how... You know, five years ago, you wouldn't even have thought that you'd be able to do that. And now um, it's kind of annoying when it doesn't work perfectly. But, you know, that's what our customers are paying for. That's what we're striving to give them. So uh, kind of a seamless uh, service. And, um, you know, we're we're committed to continue to make the investments so that, you know, we can kind of blanket the whole metro area in in the next couple of years. So give me a sense, too. Right now, um, fiber is available, AT&T fiber, 115,000 homes, apartments, offices. If you had a saturation that you could sit back and, and, you know, crack a beer over and be satisfied with, what would that number be? Well, um, you know, I don't know if I have what that number would be, but I, I can tell you that, um, you know, it's 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 more significantly more than what it is right now, and and, and we, it's a very competitive marketplace. So we know we're not going to get 100 percent of the marketplace, but um, you know, to me, uh, we, we get a very good share of the market where we're offering the service. And you know, to me, it's just a matter of let's let's build it and and get the investment out there uh, so that we can grow that customer base. Do, do people, do customers, individual, residential, and or business in Maryland Heights say we want you and then you come? Or do you say uh, the demographic is right and so we'll go? I think, you know, we look at the, at the demographic. You know, we obviously want to want to put the investment and build and offer the service in areas where we know customers have, you know, will most likely want to buy the service. And a lot of that's based on when we go back and, you know, where are our existing UVerse customers and where is that demand today? Um, but, you know, th- this, these services aren't priced, you know, it's not like buying a new car. Uh, these are all reasonably priced. You know, this service for our one gig service is, you know, less than $100 if you're looking, you know, for, for broadband. So um, it's something that's affordable to the majority of people. And, 
but it, it's, it's, a lot of it is driven on really how quickly we can get uh, the service built out and then where the demand is going to be at. Does this mean you have more gamers in St. Anne than you do in Belleville? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just so happens that when we look at our network and the existing configuration and, um, you know, if, if we were to list, you know, uh, the uh, one through a hundred, we're just kind of going down the list. And there's a lot of times there's no order on this is a better market or not, but it could be that, you know, where we're making some uh, upgrades to our central office and, and where we have some plant, you know, a lot of it could be driven by we've had some service issues and we need to get out and kind of replace the existing copper. And if we're going to do that, we might as well go ahead and put the fiber in. So some of it's driven by that on, on improving overall service levels. Is the entire fiber copper? Um, so the, this, the, the one gigabit service is fiber all the way to the home or all the way to the business. That is expensive. Yeah, that, that is that is expensive. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the cost of it, if you think about it, you know, if we're going to go in and you have to trench it or go in, it, whether you're putting copper in there or whether you're putting fiber, uh, the, the, the cost is really uh, the, the, the building and the trenching. So, you know, putting the fiber in there. But, um, you know, a lot of cases, you know, this is going to be a new build and, and putting fiber all the way to the home, uh, it is expensive. But, um, you know, we think in the long run, when we look out to, to see the, 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 the services that customers are going to demand in the future, it's, it's, it's going to be driven and it's only going to be provided through fiber. Do you ever think, too, that it's so amazing? I mean, I was reading another story this morning that um, Kohl's is changing its footprint in its own stores because more people are shopping, of course, online. And so yes. uh, two years ago, I, was, I never shopped on my phone, and I almost exclusively shop on my cell phone now. Do you ever, you ever think about the fact that, you know, you're, you're bringing us this kind of speed, what we're doing with it. You mentioned the word entertainment, but, but it is also, you know, we're ordering food, we're, we're, we're yes. looking at cars, we're looking at, I mean, I book my vacations on my phone. Yes. Uh, that we've sort of flipped almost all of what we do, how we do it. And while one part of the economy is suffering because of it, another part is growing because of it. Yes, that, that is so true. And, and you know, the, the digital age is here. Uh, and so you need to have the, the, the platform and the network that can support that. And that's also on a wireless side, too. We spend a lot of our investment on wireless. You know, we're going to be deploying small cell technology that will basically allow up, up to a one gigabit speed on your cell phone. Um, you know, it's the, the, the network, underlying network has fiber to it, but that, you know, those radio connections from that tower or that small cell is going to go right from there to your phone or to your tablet. So, um, you know, that's going to give you the amount of speed and, and the, the bandwidth you need that today might be fiber to your house. So, you know, we, we, I think we look out in the future and kind of see where things are headed, um, but, you know, you, you only have so much, right? You, you, you kind of know how you want to build out your house, but you can't do it all in one year. Um, you have to do it while you can afford it and while it makes sense. So, um, that, but, but we see the future in that, and, and we know where customers are heading and, and what they want, and we're trying to build a network to accommodate that. You, probably, you should get a sociology minor so that you, can, you understand what's happening to us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we all have, um, you know, we all have kids in that age, too, where, you know, we can kind of see the trends and how they like to view and how they like to shop uh, and how they like to book travel. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, you don't need a crystal ball to kind of see that and see where we're headed. 
It's that time of the year. Wow, look at that debris cloud. I see the photo cloud starts to drop. Everything's gone. It looks like everything was turned into rubble. Tornado season is here, and severe weather can break out at any time. I've never seen anything like this. Stay informed. Stay up to date. Get the latest forecast every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons. And when severe weather hits, the King Moex Air Comfort Heating and Cooling Storm Center will be there for you. It's up to date, up to minute. St. Louis's news, traffic, and weather. KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. This week marked the one year anniversary of Amazon's fulfillment centers in the Metro East. They held a big event, and I talked with Amazon spokesperson Siobhan Brown about it. These fulfillment centers, today is the big uh, celebration of their opening in Edwardsville, but they've actually been up and running for a little while. Can you talk about uh, that process? Yeah, that's right. So today is actually the one-year anniversary of our Amazon Edwardsville Fulfillment Center opening. And the reason why we gave it a year before doing the official uh, you know, grand opening ceremony where we're inviting uh, media and our local you know, community partners and elected officials into the building is because we want to make sure that all of our processes are up and running, that our associates are feeling great about the work that they do. Uh, and then we also want to make sure that we're getting past our our key peak periods. You may have heard of a little holiday called Prime Day. So we want to make sure that uh, everything was all tidied up and wrapped up with a bow before we invited people in. And remind people about these. There are two fulfillment centers, actually, and then another uh, facility on the Missouri side that uh, is rumored to be coming. But what are these two fulfillment centers? They handle different, one handles, I think, larger items, and the other handles smaller items. Is that true? That's correct. So the facility that we're going to be hosting the event at today at Gateway Commerce Center Drive, it is a uh, something that we call a non-sortable uh, fulfillment center, which means that we handle larger items like home decor and gardening tools and even things as large as mattresses, where the other fulfillment just a few minutes down the road at Lake, Lakeview Corporate Drive, Hoarders takes care of smaller items uh, that we call sortables, pretty much anything the size of a microwave or smaller. Okay. And so how many employees between those do you have in the St. Louis region so far right now? Yeah, between the two, uh, we have more than 1,500 employees, but we are still hiring. So we encourage that anybody who's interested in being a candidate to go to www.amazondelivers.jobs to learn more and apply online for one of these great jobs we have. And uh, we're talking with Siobhan Brown, spokesperson for Amazon. What are the kinds of jobs that you have in St. Louis and especially the ones that you still have open? Yeah, um, we have full-time fulfillment center jobs, which means picking, packing, and shipping customer product. Um, In addition to highly competitive wages, we also offer um, full comprehensive benefits, which includes health care, you know, a 401k, stock bonuses, um, the opportunity to be a part of innovative programs like Career Choice, and that's where Amazon prepays 95% of tuition for courses and in-demand, high-wage fields, regardless of whether the skills are relevant to a future career at Amazon. You know, people just, uh, they press the button on their phones at their computers, and all of a sudden what they've been wanting shows up on their front doorstep a few hours or a few days from then. But behind the scenes, how do you describe what these fulfillment centers are like and what the, uh, you know, what, what is it like inside of one of these? How does somebody's package go from the order on the Internet to their front step? I can definitely talk about that. So as we get somebody's order, somebody clicks buy on Amazon.com, the order gets sent to uh, whatever fulfillment center A has the product that they're looking for and the one that's closest to them. 
And that's why we decided to build a fulfillment center in Edwardsville, because we wanted to get closer to the customer, provide those great shipping speeds and prime service. So we get the order from the customer, and it tells one of our pickers to go look for the product and pick it off the shelf. And then we take it on over to our pack station, and that's where another associate takes a look at the package, makes sure that everything is ship-shaped, then we pack it into a box with uh, protective dunnage, which makes sure that the product doesn't rattle around in the box. And then we send it on over to ship, which is where uh, it goes down a conveyance belt and off into a, a truck. And that's eventually where it goes off and it gets sent to you. All right. And in terms of all of these new services uh, that Amazon is introducing uh, in some other cities, what are maybe some uh, some things that having fulfillment centers in the St. Louis region has has made possible, maybe faster faster delivery times? I don't know. And then what are some of these other people see about Amazon Fresh and the delivery, you know, within a certain, you know, few hour window and all of these other things? What might St. Louis and see uh, coming up in the near future? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, but what I can tell you is when we have these large format fulfillment centers like the ones in Edwardsville, we usually are able to provide much faster shipping speeds and even one-day delivery to our customers depending on what the product is. So we're really excited to be able to fulfill those customer orders, and we're delighted that customers keep clicking by on Amazon.com. We're very excited to be here in the area. We've had fantastic support from the people in Edwardsville and the greater St. Louis region. Uh, And we're just really excited to be a part of the community. And we do encourage anybody who's interested to apply for a job at www.amazondelivers.jobs. Yeah, what is some of the new technology that's being employed at the Edwardsville facilities? So we, um, you know, this one in particular doesn't have like the type of robots that you've seen on TV for the other fulfillment centers. But what we do have is um, really interesting software technology that helps reduce uh, the time between the different orders that our associates pick. And it also is a really interesting way to see how the shipping label is manifested so that, you know, our logistics shipping machinery knows, you know, which truck to put it on, you know, where to set it. And so that part's really interesting. All right. Siobhan Brown, spokesperson for Amazon. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Get the latest from the Cardinals from manager Mike Matheny on the Safe GM Country Mike Matheny Show. Sundays at 1015, exclusively on your home for best Cardinals coverage, KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, so Joe Reagan, president of the St. Louis Regional Chamber. Um, two things, it looked like a new fund that the uh, Regional Chamber is uh, setting up when it comes to the startup community. So we're investing in with in the spirit of St. Louis Fund One, joining forces with Cultivation Capital and Twain Financial Partners to fill a critical gap in seed funding for our uh, community's most promising entrepreneurial startups. Especially for people who aren't familiar with the different levels of uh, of funding that startups and uh, growing companies would go for, you know, maybe some of those levels are not necessarily have been available in St. Louis in the past, and companies have had to look, you know, to other cities and uh, talk about where this falls, I guess, on that spectrum. So this is this is a problem that's coming from our great momentum and success over the last few years. Think of it in three three buckets. We've filled the top of the funnel for startups with money, angel money, the initial money that startups need to get off the ground with uh, programs like Arch Grants and all of the accelerators that are in the community now. And we have attracted a lot of larger funds 
to St. Louis who are investing here for growth, for really taking the uh, entrepreneurs as they scale their uh, businesses. But where our, what our success has generated, a lot of high-quality startups, and without that middle ground, that seed capital, they call it the valley of death, and they call it the valley of death because it is the, the point that will separate uh, success for these entrepreneurs. And if we can help them fill that gap, get across that valley of death, uh, research shows that they're going to double the chance of their success, not only to uh, get to their financial success, but for our community to create substantial net new jobs for the region. We will say the Spirit of St. Louis Fund One and the Chamber's investment in it will open up uh, $5 million of capital for these high-performance, high-quality entrepreneurs, and uh, we know this is where future job growth will come from. We appreciate all the many, many people that work hard on entrepreneurship and innovation. So tell me about uh, the regional chamber's view of how our governing structure is currently in the city and county. Well, our theme at our annual event was Game Changers. And of all the Game Changers for St. Louis, none will be more important than the decisions that we make about local government unity. You know, let's face it, our, our boundless potential has been limited by the boundaries that we've imposed on ourselves. And I think Better Together has made this very clear through fact-driven research, open dialogue. You know, it just shows that these civic structures that we have in place just don't work. And, and worse, they're perpetuating a scarcity mentality that really pits neighbor against neighbor and, and one side of town against the other. And, and a an really unacceptable maze of regulations uh, that are in place that are baffling for businesses and individuals. And and quite frankly, has led to a very unsustainable economic uh, model as well. What is the, maybe the biggest problem, you think, that this would solve? I think the biggest problem, the biggest opportunity here is economic growth. We have uh, been a market that's uh, had uh, population, either population decline or our population growth not keeping up um, and not exceeding the U.S. uh, for too long. And uh, and having a new community, forming a new community, whatever that means, and uh, will actually change the game for how people view and see St. Louis. And it'll it'll remove this this massive regulations and this massive economic uh, uh, these massive economic increases in the public sector that have have had to occur because of the the fragmentation. But we can actually find a better model and. So the, the key here, and this is, this is what we are saying right now, is that better together with the support of County Executive Steve Stanger and Mayor Lida Cruz and have formed a task force to identify the best practices and possible reforms to our current structure. We've got to find an authentic St. Louis solution. But I just encourage everyone, everyone in the community, to take advantage of that task force to get engaged in that conversation it is complex but it is necessary it's absolutely necessary it's the defining issue of our time in st louis Just, you know economic growth is going to pass us by if we don't get this right and if we don't act now so you're going to see uh the chamber take a uh, a loud and clear uh, voice in this matter and take part in this task force and the other opportunities we have to make sure that we're finding together an authentic solution for uh, St. Louis. So how does this process work? I know Better Together is beginning their process, um, but how, you know, how much in pu- public engagement do you think needs to happen here 
because you're familiar with Louisville, of course, from for the people I've talked with in Louisville, they said it was very much a um, a ground up kind of a thing, and, and there were there was a lot of listening, and there were changes to the plan based on the feedback that was given. And how do you foresee that process playing out here, or what would you like I, to see? Uh, this has to be a ground up conversation, and that's why this task force that the county executive and mayor working better together has put in place is so critical. Uh, three leaders, Suzanne Sitherwood, the CEO of Spire, Arindam Carr, who's a partner with Brian Cave, and Dr. Will Ross, a physician and assistant dean uh, at Washington University School of Medicine. These leaders are committed to getting out, listening, taking in the input from uh, uh, across our region, across our community. They'll open up the, the social media channels with Better Together. They will uh, be able to receive comments and, and listening in a way that also will help distill what is heard into actionable, you know, actionable recommendations for our public sector, sector leaders to, to take. And so this is exactly what uh, we did in Louisville, what's been done in Nashville, and Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. We have to find an authentic, authentic St. Louis solution. This can't be a top-down model. And so I really applaud County Executive Stanger, Mayor Krusen, for taking a brave step to actually open up this conversation. What do the regional chambers members uh, think about this? Your your constituents, basically, in the corporate community, they're in the private sector. They see the marketplace in St. Louis, and they they face the challenges uh, in expanding uh, in the St. Louis region. Uh, head on, and so what is their view on this? You know, our our members know that what we're doing now just doesn't work. It's it's it doesn't work for economic growth. It it's confusing. It's uh, it it does not present the kind of unified community that we need to to the rest of the world. They know it doesn't work. I think that unfortunately, the the biggest opposition to this cause, and it is a cause, is cynicism. It is going to be well. We've tried that before, or we that won't won't work. Well, first of all, we don't know what that is. That's what this task force. That's what the community has to come together to figure out. And and, and second, we we haven't tried this uh, at the ballot box since 1964. And you know we're not gonna we're not gonna win without putting more shots on goal. So we got we can't be afraid of trying. We can't be afraid of not winning the first time. We can't shy away from this because it's complex. Uh, so these these private sector leaders and public leaders who have opened up this opportunity for us uh, should, you know, we, we must all clear that cynicism out of our heads and actually take take part in this and make it happen. The uh, folks I've talked with, uh, for instance, some of the mayors who are passing resolutions and urging their councils to put non-binding referendums on the ballot, you know, regarding a city-county merger. You know, they, they say the problems in the region have been a result of mismanagement in parts of the county and of the city of St. Louis, and they've been successful in, in West and in South County, and why should they bail out parts of the region uh, that have not managed themselves well and, uh, and just use the money from those areas as a way to cover up the problems? How do you battle that kind of message uh, that you know, there's a Facebook group that's gaining thousands of, of people that's against the city-county merger? Well, first of all, this is not a time to be against anything. And, and of course, I think that speaks for itself, that uh, we are against something that has not been defined. We're against something that uh, we are afraid will change uh, situations for our backyards and our back pockets. 
And so we are, being against something is not going to get St. Louis to greatness. We have to be for something. And, you know, we, to, I look at, uh, and our organization looks at the whole picture, the whole economic picture. It's not working. It may work for one side of town, but if it's not working for the other side of town, we're not going to succeed. You know, that's, uh, you know, I could not have had a more uh, chilling reminder of this this week when the Chamber of Commerce from Charlottesville called me. You know, they wanted to know, what did you do to help the community after the tragic events and the aftermath of Ferguson? And my first and foremost answer was we accepted our accountability. We made it clear that side of town is our side of town. We're in it together. We rise or fall together. So to, you know, if, if, if I would say, if, if, to echo Susan Bro, uh, the mother of the 32-year-old Heather Heyer, who was killed in that vicious attack in Charlottesville, if, if, if we're not outraged, we're not paying attention. And, and this, is about, this is about the scarcity mentality. This is about, I've got, it work, it's working for me, and that's, that's good. And, well, you know what? If it's not working for our neighbors within this region, it's not working. And it's not going to be working for us long term. So there is a, uh, there is, uh, uh, I see business leaders, I see public sector leaders who are saying, hey, we may not, we don't have the answers yet, but we're not going to uh, oppose what is not even a proposition yet. We're going to get in and try to find an answer. So I would encourage people that uh, have opposition to a uh, some proposal in the future to get involved to get in the arena to actually get engaged in the process and make and and do and and make that known and i think we we need to welcome uh, we need to welcome this I, you know let's say rick sullivan last night who's chair of the uh, president of the specially appointed administrative board of slps slps won or was received received our uh, right hand of St. Louis Award for the amazing accomplishment of getting us back into it as an accredited district and setting sights on being one of the best urban school districts in the nation. Rick and the SAB set the tone that I think will work for the unity discussion. He said that they agreed to disagree without being disagreeable. And I think if we can have conversations like this complex conversation that we must have, we do it in a way that, that we can listen and, and know that people would disagree without being disagreeable. I think St. Louis is going to get to the to the answer, and I'm actually we expect that we we know that can happen. What do you think is the best route for this to go through? Would you support Senator Ron Richard, for instance, in Jefferson City, putting forth an effort to make make some sort of a merger or reentry or something happen through the legislature or through a statewide vote? Yeah, you know what? It's not time to even speculate on the specific solutions. This is the time, actually, better together. Mayor Cruson, County Executive Stanger, got it right. Uh, get get some private sector leaders, and they have. They've picked three people who are willing to give a big chunk of their time to this. Open the channels, open the doors for the the options and the ideas. Every option, every idea, every combination, every. Um, uh, uh, KMOX, HD St. Louis, KZK HD3 St. Louis. Uh, you know, I think, and uh, uh, my experience in Louisville would also confirm this that what will actually come out and it will be critical is a set of principles that the community can agree to on what 
a new, what local government unity should look like. And those principles will be very clear, very specific. And from those principles, you can craft the right solution, uh, the right government structure, the right uh, approach to taxes, the right approaches to uh, civic uh, municipal debt, the right approaches to um, uh, the uh, combination of city services and so on. But you have to first be able to have that uh, uh, candid, complex, sensitive discussion to come to uh, the answer to the question, what does winning look like? Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Michael. You bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.